You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about integrating the Enneagram with the Gottman Method. I'm so happy we're getting to talk to Mac Cazzo, a Gottman, now level three, trained therapist. His integration from level two to three just happened over the series of our recording, and I'm so happy to be able to let you know that he is going to share so many Gottman tips with us today. Another fun thing about today's talk is that I met Mac through the world of therapists, not the Enneagram. So you're going to watch Mac, who's this amazing researcher, just really discover how helpful the Enneagram is. And it's been so fun keeping up with him about his Enneagram work as he continues to grapple with what type he is. So it's been a blast and I hope you learn a lot from him. On the heels of our episode with Suzanne last week, I want to make sure you guys understand that while we want to always do our Enneagram work and obviously try to rid ourselves of our passions and move toward our holy idea, we also have the sense of, especially I feel during the season of Lent, uh, sometimes that's very hard to do. And it's just, we need a lot of grace. And what Mac offers us is also a lot of very practical tips. So I think you're going to literally love his talk about what the Gottman method is and what it really brings to marriages and how it helped his marriage. So I'm so glad you're joining us for today. Before we get to that, thank you so much for all of the encouragement about the episode with Suzanne. Don't forget to check out Suzanne Stabile's episode last week as she talked all about tips for every single type. She's the godmother of the Enneagram. So it's an important episode if you're in a struggling place or if you're just in that space of being new to the Enneagram and really don't have a sense for what each type does. So I also want to let you guys know that speaking of therapists who aren't as familiar with the Enneagram, we have a great course that we are reminding you of for this exact population with Michael Shahan. So if you want to go to the show notes or to my Instagram page, all week long, you can find out more about Michael's course. Wes and I are very excited about it because we understand how important it is of a tool and how much it helped our marriage. And so it really blesses us to hear when somebody like Michael is taking on that huge task. And he has a great brain for really integrating both Enneagram and the therapeutic principles. He's a marriage and family therapist. So that's a very specialized field of counseling study. And I think that is something that you need to realize if you care about relationship work is it's wonderful to have a counseling practice or a coaching practice. But when you've dedicated yourself to marriage and family therapy as a practice, like both Michael and our guest today, Mac, have done, then you really are taking your relationship work to the next level. And I love it. I'm so happy. That's my backstory a little bit, too, because in Illinois, when I was training for my first therapeutic license, it was at a marriage marriage and family practice clinic. That was my supervisor. And you have to get behind the glass hours with clients and you have to really do a lot of extra. You typically have to be watched while you're counseling quite a bit. I remember that. I'm sure these guys do too. The glass where you're in the room with the family and the supervisor and others are watching you. It's intense. <laughs> you get a lot of feedback, but you really come out a lot stronger. So make sure you check out Michael's course in the show notes. Make sure you listen up hard to Mac today. And also I want you to make sure 
that you find Mac at his website, which he's going to be sharing in our show notes today. And I'm so happy too, because Mac adds a layer of perfect timing to our month of love in February, as well as Black History Month, where Mac gets to really share his passions about helping people of color and black people, especially to understand that they can have an amazing love story also. And it's so awesome to see him sharing and giving himself to all of us and especially just showing a lot of love to his own community. That is a beautiful thing when we can give back to our people. And it's a good reminder and all of us to be learning about how to integrate with all kinds of cultures into our work. Because I know that whether you're working as a therapist or a coach or a pastor or you're working at home with your children, you want to have a well-rounded viewpoint. So I literally can't wait for you to hear this episode. And I thank you for those who followed me on our crazy adventures last week in the mountains with uh, Wes and I and the kids if you were on our Instagram stories. One of my favorite things I've always loved to do and I used to do this on Facebook was I used to share all of our journeys. It was a way for me to remember and to do a bit of photo journalism and I've moved that over to my Enneagram and Marriage Instagram just to uh, to, uh, to show people what hard work in marriage looks like in terms of get your rest, get your replenishment. And so my husband needed a rest and I kind of had to help him to really book the trip once he discovered he needed that rest. But then once I did, he was like, why didn't you book it for a day longer? So it was really worth it and really fun. Even though um, I did go up a little too high and get a bit of altitude sickness, that seven life for you. <laughs> it's just, it was a, quite an adventure. And I definitely recommend that if you are like my girls and I afraid of traveling up super high in the mountains that you perhaps close your eyes or turn around because it was a little scary too but we kept getting enough groceries so that I think we only went down the mountain three times and that was really about right (laughs) so I had so much fun and I know I had sevens encouraging me and others in my dm saying you know I've done this you can do this after a couple months of living here Uh, you'll be fine. I'm like, I've got a week. So I did the best I could. And I hope you guys continue to take set aside time for your marriages and your families every so often, because it's very healing. And we even had a chance to use some of the Gottman principles that Mac talks about on this episode to get to know each other better. There's things about Wes. I didn't know his favorite song. I didn't know he liked staying in for dinner more than going out to eat. These are the kinds of things that you just need to ask your spouse these questions, these bids for attention. But I'll let Mac tell you all about that. And I am so grateful. So let's go ahead and get connected with him. And I hope you love the episode as much as I did. Hey, Mac, I'm so glad to have you. Hi, Krista. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. You have no idea. And am I saying your last name right? Can you tell me how to pronounce it, Kazo? <laughs> wow, that was spot on. Yay! So good job. On oh, the first try, that is very <laughs> rare for me. Ah, oh, I'm so glad. I love that. Well, we thinkers out there are wordsmiths, so I know that you probably <laughs> are too. That's a hint for his type that we'll get to in a little bit. But as the audience knows, I'm so excited to have you here, Mac. So I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your background as a therapist. Oh, yes, of course. So I am a licensed mental health counselor with a specialization in couples therapy. I hold three certifications from the Gottman Institute. 
I currently own my own private practice titled Therapy is for Everyone. Mm-hmm. My goal is to eventually remove the stigma around um, therapy for people of color and find ways to make it more affordable. Wow, that's amazing. I'm so thankful yeah. for your work. Thank you. That's beautiful. And you are in New York City, right? Oh, yes, we are freezing currently. <laughs> You're in a beautiful place, but it's so cold. Listen, if we could switch places and I could be in Florida right now, I would do that in a heartbeat. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, I am right there with you. I will totally Airbnb switch you guys because (laughs) I want my NYC time. So (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. Yes, but I love hearing about your heart as helping people of color. And as I looked at your beautiful name for your site, Therapy is for Everyone, that you're really championing Black love and just allowing people to see how much fun you can have in marriage. And I love also having the male perspective out there as well. So thank you, like triply. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is definitely one of my goals. I'm trying to demystify the idea of Black love and just showing to my fellow brothers and sisters that you can be in a healthy relationship and thrive as long as you know and practice the necessary skill sets, mindsets, and techniques needed for an everlasting love. That's awesome. What a cool mission. And you're already on it. You are a Gottman level two therapist. Can you tell our audience what that means? They hear me talk a lot about his research. So to me, Gottman is like the Michael Jordan of couples therapy. I've always said that. And I also met him in person. I got into Gottman because I found his research very straightforward Mm -hmm. and it focuses more on skill sets Mm -hmm. and just the fundamentals needed to create a healthy relationship. And, And also everything that he was talking about is based on research, like it's evidence-based. It, it is not just theories, it is not opinions, it is not stories, it's, a, it's actual, we researched this and this is what the findings led us to believe. And we've, and we've checked it and we've practiced it and we've mastered it and these are the results. So he's basically giving you the recipe for a healthy relationship. Now you just have to practice it, implement it and eventually master it. Hmm. Oh, that's exciting. And I love how succinctly you put it. It's really (laughs) research-based. It's actually leading us right into hearing about your type too, because research is very important to Max Enneagram type. And I'll say types because he's working out his types, but he has a lead type. Can you tell us about your main type and some of the other types that you resonate with? Yeah, so this is what my first time taking this test, and I was appalled by how accurate it is. Oh, so yeah. now I'm, I'm just so interested, like, okay, what, what else is there out there that I'm not aware of and that can help me understand myself better? Mm-hmm. So currently I am a type seven, five, and four. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So he, you're hearing the seven and the five. And as we were talking before about how the seven and the five relate together, Mac is like, oh yeah, like Gottman is right up my alley. And, and yet loving that he has the huge heart and compassion, his four side to really try to help his clients. And I'm sure many, many others in your circle to just understand how to love others at the deepest of levels. So utmost respect for you and your Enneagram work. I love that it's the new journey that we're connected and we can talk Enneagram now. 
Oh, I'm gonna have so many questions for you. I, I, I need to find a certification in this. This is way too interesting. Mm, well, you know, there's a lot of amazing Enneagram certifications out there and classes and Beatrice Chestnut has a wonderful love languages course that my audience has heard me talk about and mm. they're, they're developing a new professional certification and she's amazing. And I think you'll find her very research-based and any of our listeners will find her that way too, if they're looking for certifications. So I love it. Yes, but for those of you who are more Enneagram than Gottman, it's really fun for us to hear just how far you've taken marriage research, Mac, because you've taken it far and that level two, what does that mean? Because I studied him from videos and books. What does it mean when you're a level two Gottman therapist? So Gottman has three levels. I actually just completed level three and I'm in the process of earning my hours to become a fully Gottman certified therapist. It's the idea that you have a lot more research that you're preview to a lot more information. Um, one, one of the things that I truly enjoy about being a level two train is I can use his couple's assessment. So when I work with a couple and they complete that assessment, it gives me all of the necessary information that I need along with recommended interventions that I can use with that couple to help them turn the challenges in their relationship to becoming strengths. So I'm very happy with Gottman thus far. Oh, I'm so glad. And you're right. You're getting all of these exact ways to help couples. It's not a guessing game, as you said earlier. Now you've got them taking the test, the inventories, and now you know what issues they have. Yes. And for most of, for, for most of my clients, they would actually research Gottman before coming to me and verbally state to me that I chose to work with you because you're Gottman trained and mm-hmm. I actually like his approach. So they are very excited and willing to do the work. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad. That's a lot better than me trying to force him on my clients in the early days. (laughs) (laughs) So I like that. And what do you feel like, this is probably a big question you can take a minute on if you need, but what do you feel like really made you want to study couples? I know I asked you Mm. all that as we get into the topic of emotional intimacy, what do you think really made you want to study couples? Oh, that's a beautiful question. I've yet to be asked that. Mm. Um, I'll keep it short. So I was in a relationship with my current wife. Um, I had no idea of what it took to be in a relationship. Mm. So I was trying my best. She was trying her best, but it was just not working to, to the degree that we wanted. We're both committed to one another, but we didn't have the skills nor the now knowledge needed to enhance the relationship so Mm -hmm. during my graduate studies i took a a marriage and family course and gottman was one of the topics that were covered Mm -hmm. two months later i completed level one a week later after that course i had read three gottman books and i was sold oh my gosh hence your five part of you (laughs) correct i was like is it really that simple and yes it was he gave me all of the information that I needed. Me and my wife sat down together and read those books. After the training, I came back to with the manual. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's practice this. Bid for connection. Now it's to the point when we're talking, there's a lot of government language being used. She'll, she'll be like, well, 
I attempted a Bigfoot connection, that was denied. Or I, I, I attempted a repair, you did not honor that. So me just seeing and having the information, but like it can easily be that simple. And due to the fact that it's evidence-based, I was like, wow, I have found my calling. I've always been interested in love and understanding relationships. And now I had the blueprint to continue my studies. So I did just that. Oh, wow. And I love how it impacted your marriage too, not just everybody else's. Correct. Yeah. Oh, when you bring it home like that, your clients are believers. It's like, it's working and I'm a living example. And how amazing that you were able to devour the information and get going. Even though Mm -hmm. none of us are perfect, you were able to put the tools right into practice and start seeing changes. Correct. So um, once he released the seven principles for making marriage work, I actually got an advanced copy Mm -hmm. because I was currently doing level one at that time period. Mm -hmm. I read that book in one day. And on the second day of the training, I had a list of questions for him. (laughs) I was like, oh, you said this. What does that really mean? And we actually chat with him and his wife for about 30 minutes. And I just needed more information. I just needed to understand better. And since then, I have been pro-Gottman. Oh my goodness. That is just the coolest. And you are still (laughs) speaking five. You're just like, I need to know more. (laughs) Yes. I like to question everything. Mm. So now when research is provided to back it up, that's what turns me into a believer. I always operate from the mindset that insight does not create change. Meaning just because you know why you are doing something doesn't mean that you can change it. What I like about government he had insight, also a behavioral standpoint that will allow you to master those skill sets. Him just te- teaching you how to communicate mm-hmm. and then helping you practice it and giving you the proper equation to do so helps you become a better communicator. Mm-hmm. So to me, like I'm all, again, I'm all about research. I want to see what the numbers are saying. I'm not interested in anyone's opinion or subjective opinion due to the fact that it's rooted in bias and experience and from your own POV. Numbers don't lie. So as I was exposed to the information, to the data, and I started practicing it myself, my relationship just took off. Mm -hmm. And now eight years later, we are the happiest Yay. Awesome. Well, I just know our audience is so happy for you. And I also know they're like, which of the Gottman books should I get? I know I was just, I knew it. You beat me to it. But what I now want to ask is what one would you say was one of the books? What's one of the main ones they should get? I would say um, the seven principles for marriage work to me, it's like the Bible or the, the guidelines to a healthy relationship. Like if you had to read one book, this is the book. And I actually reread it once a year. Ooh, I'm going to read it. my mind sharp. Correct. It's an amazing book. It's full of information. And it also has exercises that you can uh, practice with your partner. I would recommend getting two copies, one for yourself and one for your partner. And you guys read it and then create some time to discuss what you have learned thus far. 
Wonderful. That is such a helpful tip for us. And we would love a few more tips from you today. I know that you talk a lot about ways to develop emotional intimacy. And this first one was so helpful to say insight alone isn't going to do this. You need practical tools so you can get messy, that you can try things out and experiment. And as you grow, you'll find not just insight, but that practice helps. But what else would you say helps? I've heard you talk about intimacy building tips for men. I've heard you talk about I love you versus being in love. What are some important things people can remember? Um, so I would say two of them. Um, the current one that I've been speaking of lately has been the idea of being committed as opposed to being loyal. So mm-hmm. to, to me, I have found that a lot a lot of people remain loyal to a relationship, but are, are actually not committed to, to the relationship. So the commitment aspect speaks to choosing your partner day in and day out and wanting the best for for them and also being committed to the work. So that means learning how to communicate, showing up for your partner, how they need you to show up for them as opposed to what's comfortable for you. Is the idea of continuously working on yourself and on the relationship so you guys can be better for one for one another. I, I have found that loyalty has created this idea where you ought to remain in an unhealthy relationship just because you're loyal. So to me, commitment also breeds loyalty, but loyalty does not equate to commitment. I think that's a really important distinction, especially because a lot of the people like right in between an Enneagram five and seven Mm -hmm. are the sixes and they are called the loyalists. And so one of the most important things they do, and you mentioned having some six in you, I think everybody does who likes to question is they like to troubleshoot. They like to see what's going on, but then they become loyal to causes and it can be great because you've researched and now you're a loyal Gottman person or Enneagrammer. And I think what we could find the danger would be like you're saying is in relationships to be loyal to something that is no longer good or healthy. Correct. Wow. It's important, especially I want sixes to listen up to that because Mm -hmm. it's, I was intrigued by that. When I saw that you were sharing that research, you said loyalty is great, but it has to be loyal to the good. Amen to that. Wow. That's a helpful tip for us. So (laughs) commitment, what does it look like to be committed? You and your wife do a lot of really cute. I love your different reels you share and your stories on Instagram and tell us your handle so they can find you while they're listening to what's your candle. Yeah, so my hand my handle is talk to Mac, the number two Mac M A C underscore therapist. Feel free to follow me, feel free to comment, send me a DM. I sometimes answer questions. So please feel free to do so. Oh, wonderful. Okay. And I'll put that in the show notes too. But so so you're sharing with your wife and tell us a little bit about what you guys share about commitment versus loyalty. So we have currently an 11 month old Mm. and to be honest she has changed the dynamic of our relationship yes so part of our commitment to one another is realizing that things have shifted and we also need to shift as well so it it became creating a schedule in which as mom she gets her self-care time her alone time also creating a time for the two of us 
to actually be without our child and have our, our own relationship moments mm-hmm. and etc. So mm-hmm. it, it has also been like how are we going to make decisions together as a couple and as a family when we don't see eye to eye. Mm. It's just to say, where do we go or how do we find the medium mm. so that we can always be on the same page? So, so it's been a lot of work. I, I would say the first six months we've argued the most we've, we've ever argued in our relationship. I would also say mm. it's also due to the fact that we don't sleep as much mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the first six months. But, but now... I think that we have a better understanding. We are back to communicating in a very healthy way. Mm. And we have routine to some degree. And we also took a vacation to Jamaica a few weeks ago. And that was needed, Mm. extremely needed. It allowed us to reconnect, to Mm. just spend some time away and to just be present and be relaxed. And that allowed us to alleviate most of the stress. And we actually did a lot of relationship work there as well. I love that you did relationship work there. Your trip looked so fun. And I'm so proud of you guys for putting it into practice and saying, we want to be committed to each other. But like you said, it's going to take compromise. It's going to take getaways, sometimes on those getaways, working on the stuff you can't work on when you're on your really fast, like two hour break from finally your baby taking a nap and now you're exhausted. Correct. So you're putting some flesh on it and I'm really happy you're being honest. Thank you for being vulnerable and real because we need that. I agree. Therapists are people too. Even if we've studied (laughs) about marriage, as I often share on this podcast, we're not always the best at it, but we do our best too. And we learn and we're intentional. Correct. And at times she, if we're just having an argument, she's like, you're not being a therapist right now. This is now what you would recommend to your couples. I'm like, you're right. Because currently I am not in a therapist mindset. I'm being mm-hmm. a man in the relationship. So at times like she'll point out mm-hmm. certain things that I'm doing that are unhealthy, but you know, mm-hmm. again, we're people too. Exactly. And that is important for all of us to realize. And I love that you guys have been going strong overall for eight years. That's pretty rare as I've come to learn. So (laughs) it takes a lot of work. Yes, it does. And everyone who's married to a therapist or coach understands like that's hard, but we also try to hold ourselves to a high standard. So we want to do the same thing we're calling you guys to do. And I love how you said now I'm being a man, because that was my next question for you too, was what specific advice do you have besides just having that commitment to working on things? What do you feel like our guys might most be benefited from hearing about working on marriage? That's a beautiful question. And I'm actually going to share a stat with you. Hmm. So I have been seeing couples for about five years now. Mm-hmm. And when it first started happening, mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I didn't realize what was happening in front of me. So what I'm trying to say is that by session four, mm-hmm. 90% of the males mm-hmm. will cry. Mm-hmm. And at first that just blew my mind. Like I didn't get it at all. By session four, between session three and four, I expect 90% of my males to shed some tears. And that's when it came to me. A lot of males, including myself, before we get into a relationship, we never realized that we never had the language nor the training 
to learn how to communicate effectively psychologically and also biologically speaking due to our hormone composition we were never allowed to be in touch with our emotions and know how to express it in words so by session three and four that's when i usually tackle communication skills so when i'm asking a male to state i feel like and fill in the blank apart from the word happy anger or sad they didn't have any other vocabulary to identify their emotions so i would present them with a list of feelings and they would go through it and, and start labeling exactly how they felt for the first time ever in life and that's what would trigger the tears because for the first time in life they are being honest vulnerable and also are finding the language needed to fully express themselves Ooh, that's amazing what a gift this is for them to get in touch with their feelings in a way that they almost never or maybe never have had the chance to before correct i was surprised I love that. And I I'm listening that, you know, we've talked about the feelings wheel on this show before, but I've never thought of showing it to men in particular. And I really am glad you're, you're reminding our male listeners and those women listening who we know listening for your husband or your boyfriend <laughs> or your boyfriend um, to know that this would be something they would love to get. And I know I've shared on here before that my husband has said, Krista, there's no room for my feelings. So mm. it is so important that we stop and make that room. And ever since he said that, I've been trying to do that, but I need to print ours out for him, not just my client. <laughs> I need to give my man a safe place to share. Is that what you tend to use? Or do you have a specific Gottman feelings resource? Yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, he has everything. The second major part to that is also teaching women how to respond to their partner sharing their emotions, mm -hmm. the process of validation and normalizing and not just problem solving or minimizing what they are saying. And at times, like it would take me to, to kind of reframe what the male is saying so that their partner can get it. Because a lot of males speak in I would say male coded language. Like I get it. I get what you're saying, but your partner may not. So me reframing it for them and then asking them to restate it themselves in a way that's more comfortable to them also teaches them how to press it in a way that's digestible and can be comprehended by their partner. So just the idea of ex expressing oneself and then having your partner present to validate and normalize and just support you in that process are something that most males do not experience until their late thirties. Wow. That's really a gift you're giving them back. If they're over late thirties or they can get it younger. Correct. You just said something really important that us women need to be able to validate and sit with that so that they don't feel like my husband has at times where they're not heard or okay, I finally got that feeling out, but it, I didn't, I used that male code. So I didn't say it in a way that you even interpreted. So sometimes that's probably why having that Gottman therapist is a huge gift to be able to say, hold on, this was really important. We missed this. Agreed. Agreed. And I do think that uh, most therapists are able to, to pinpoint that. So 
I don't think it's best for me got a therapist because I'm sure that you do this the same as well. And based on your example, this is exactly what I do. Mm, good. Well, thank you. I hope I'm on track. I love <laughs> my work with couples. So I am always trying to learn too. And that is a good reminder for me, honestly. And I think that we all need to remember that. Now, one last question I wanted to ask you about with growing emotional intimacy is a question that's been intriguing me lately. Mm-hmm. And it's about the masculine and the feminine. Is there a way that we can be helpful to one another by understanding those traits? I am not as well versed into that space as most, but here's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. If in a, in a relationship, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, then eventually we, we will all fall into our necessary roles. Mm-hmm. Meaning if as your partner, I am able to validate you, pro- provide emotional and physical safety to you, then you are free to, to be as emotionally expressive as you want to be because you know that I'm going to receive it and help you through that process. If I'm also providing financial security, then you'll find yourself being a lot more emotionally vulnerable as well. So to me, it is a hot topic, but if I put on my Godman lens, it states to me, as long as you engage in the behaviors needed to function in a healthy relationship, Mm-hmm. then both parties will be at ease and will feel free to be their authentic selves. I like that. That's a beautiful pairing. You put the Gottman language right with the masculinity and femininity. And not everybody relates to, like you said, it's hard to put our minds around a vague concept like masculinity and femininity, especially as some people don't identify with all the gender norms. But what's helpful is you're saying, let's foster safety together. Let's be able to work as a team to provide. Let's make sure that we're protected in the ways we need to be so that we can each be male and female, emotionally vulnerable and expressive. Is that right? 100%. Awesome. I love that. I think that you're really reminding us that growth is going to happen if we're intentional and we put it into action. So I am so gifted by you sharing today, your favorite books, your favorite concepts. I think the last concept I want to ask you about is one that's intrigued me ever since you brought it up. And it's the, I love you concept. Can you share that one before we go? Yes. So it's, I'm in love with you versus I love you. Right. So that is the natural process of relationship. At first you are in love and then eventually that transitions to, I love you. So the I'm in love with you concept or phase is the idea that between the years of one to three, like the earlier stages of the relationship, you feel in love. And that alone comes with a lot of blinders. Mm-hmm. Like you are not noticing the red flags. You are at times overly attached and you're just not really paying attention to the things that you should be paying attention <laughs> to. You're, you're not assessing that individual as much as you should. And also during that time period, you are seeing their social self. You are seeing the best presentation. You're not really seeing the shadows or the parts of themselves that they haven't revealed to you, the world, or to themselves. So it's hard to gauge whether or not this individual has the ability to go through the ups and downs of life. Mm. Also... Couples that get married be between the years of one to three have a higher rate of divorce because at that time period, they are in the I'm in love with you phase. 
Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. Yes, that's huge. That is yeah. absolutely huge. It really helps to demystify so many people saying if you're not as much feelings based in love, but you're just constant and committed in love, they're worried about that. And you're saying it's almost that the opposite is true, right? Yes, yes, 100%. The I love you phase happens at the end of the I'm in love with you phase. That's when you get to see your partner for who they really are. You mm-hmm. get to see their social self and mm-hmm. their hidden self. You get to determine whether or not their anger issues could be detrimental to the relationship or is that something that they can manage. You get to see how financially responsible they are or you get to see how expressive and emotional they can be or do they suffer from a fear of intimacy. At that time period, you get to really assess them for who they are and have a better understanding of them. And thus being able to determine whether or not you can be with them forever. Because I love you means I love you and I'm accepting everything about you. Like I've seen enough to know that I can deal with you. While the I'm in love with you is that I'm so emotionally attached and invested that I'm not even paying attention Mm -hmm. to half of the things. And I'm going to just go with that feeling in hopes that this emotion can carry us forever. But as you've stated, the emotion of I'm in love with you is short lasting. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I hope people are listening. That is gold. And it's really going to be important for you guys to let that digest because It's a great thing to be attracted, but you get to decide if you're with somebody and it's going to eventually get to these committed, deeper moments when it's not just these effervescent feelings, but truly committed love that's safer and ultimately more, I would say, satisfying. Would you, Mac? I agree with you 100%. Yes. Well, I'm so glad you joined us today. You're on the beginning of your Enneagram journey, so you'll have to keep (laughs) us posted. But you are such a researcher. I think you are probably one of the top researchers we've ever had on our episode. So I'm seeing your five and I'm happy that I'm getting to know you better. Your training is awesome. Where can people find you? Again, thank you for having me. This has been one of the most enjoyable podcasts I have done. I, I loved your line of questioning and I feel that it got to the meat and potatoes of what the world actually needs. So I thank you for that. Also, thank you for in- introducing me to another evidence-based approach. Yes. <laughs> so my type five is excited right now. You have no idea. I'm excited. And again, and thank you for sharing your platform with me. I appreciate it truly. Mm, I'm so glad. Yes. Well, thank you for starting there. And you guys know that we have his links in the show notes and don't forget to grab your Gottman books as well. And Mac, thank you. Have a wonderful day and get down to Florida soon. I promise I I will. Thank you again. Okay, thanks. Wow, that was so helpful hearing from Mac, you guys. I'm putting his information into the show notes so that you can follow him as well as the book he mentions because I know that after hearing that episode and me talk about it beforehand with how much I relearned, 
boy, it's a really cool one to check out. And I think that you're going to love hearing about those seven principles for making marriage work. So don't forget that. Don't forget to visit Mac's website. And if you're a therapist, don't forget to also check out the show notes or my stories for the course for therapists on learning the Enneagram. And I hope you guys have such a great week. I will look so forward to more glow episodes and talking soon with you about more research and couples fun. Okay, bye-bye.